The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Professor Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Pat. Now, our listeners have been asking again and again, week in, week out, about the J&J one-shot vaccine and how could that be as good as the two-shot AstraZeneca or two-shot Moderna or Pfizer and how come they can get their COVID cert, which, by the way, I still haven't got, um, how they can get their COVID cert after only one jab and they're wondering, am I safe to be in their company? So what's the story? Well, it's good, Pat, actually. I mean, it's good to ask that question because it is a single shot and you're wondering, how can people use they get away with one shot not to, and there are some studies in America mainly suggesting it wasn't as good necessarily as, say, Pfizer or, or Moderna or AstraZeneca. But now a big study uh, from South Africa, 477,236 people were looked at, which is a huge number. Uh, they'd all been vaccinated with, with the Janssen vaccine. And it's good. There was over 90% protection against death, which, of course, and severe illness, which is the key thing. And then there was 67% protection against infection with beta, which is the old South African one, and 71% protection from infection with delta. So it's really performing as, as we'd hope. And the trials, of course, had suggested it should be around that number. But the main, the main thing is that it's over 90% protection against severe disease, hospitalisation and death. So it's a really good result for that vaccine. OK, so uh, they deserve their COVID cert with the green tick. Uh, because it's just as good in terms of um, all the rest of it. I mean, how does that compare, by the way, to the infection rates for Pfizer and for AstraZeneca uh, on Delta? I mean, we know that the results of limited deaths are great for both those. Uh, do they compare equally then? They do. It's even slightly better, maybe, overall. Now, what's happening is, as we know, Pat, the Delta is breaking through in vaccinated people, but only in their noses. I mean, that's what all the evidence suggests. That you can pick it up on your nose if you're vaccinated because the immune system is quite as active in your nose but it stops your lungs are protected if you know what I mean so, so in other words you might see a rate of infection post-vaccination um, but then again it's not developing into severe disease and Delta gave 71% against even in your nose you know so it's a, very, it's a, good, it's a good percent yeah. I mean they're all pretty equivalent really it's, it's settling out around 60% on average uh, protection against infection you know with, with, with Delta but that means 40% will get infected but as, as I've just said it won't progress into severe disease yeah. Uh, what do you make of the current high numbers? I mean, uh, over 1,800 yesterday, uh, numbers in hospital creeping up very slowly, but nonetheless creeping up. Yeah, we've got to keep an eye on it. Yeah, I mean, it is rising slightly and it's a bit, it is a bit predictable. Delta is much more transmissible. So this was, we saw this coming in a sense. But again, the key metric is severe disease and death. And that seems to be holding firm, you know. And of course, as you know, Pat, the main people who are ending up really sick are unvaccinated. And that's holding true across the world now. So yeah. in the US, for example, they reckon 80% of all deaths and severe illnesses are in the unvaccinated, you know. So in other words, there will be some people getting infected who are vaccinated, but it's a minority. You know, the advice remains the vaccine is, is your best protection as ever. Now, one of the worrying things is a decline in measles and polio vaccination in the developing world. Yeah, this is unusual. I mean, I came across this a few days ago and it's a slight concern, it must be said. They've noticed that in, in poorer countries, the uptake of measles and polio vaccines has plummeted. And in fact, it's the lowest since 2009. And there's 23 million people, have, uh, children, have missed these basic vaccines now. Uh, 3.5 million in India are now unvaccinated against these two diseases. And it's a concern because these are much more serious than COVID. As we know in children, measles and polio can be extremely severe diseases. And that is a concern that, that basically kids aren't getting vaccinated with the normal vaccines. But the main reason that seems to be the health system is, is overwhelmed, of course, with COVID you see mm-hmm. in these countries. And they're stretched and they're, you know, the healthcare systems weren't ideal in some of these countries either, you know. 
and now one knock-on effect is they can't get the va- these regular vaccines out to children and, and of course they're not vaccinated against COVID either so, the, so UNICEF have really flagged this up as a concern because these are extremely as we know severe diseases in children much more severe than COVID so it's a concern. Yeah, and it is a global world, uh, so people are coming and going with families in and out of countries where there might suddenly be measles or polio epidemics. Um, do we still vaccinate against polio here, or have we considered no, it to be... No, I don't think we do. Yeah, we have stopped because it's almost eradicated, remember? I mean, polio yeah. is still is nearly gone. I mean, the good news of polio is, as you may have seen, it's almost gone from Africa anyway. It's still in India, but they're trying to get rid of it. Now, of course, the risk is it'll sort of creep, creep back up again, and of course, we wouldn't want polio, a big epidemic of polio, would we? Because as you've just said, um, we we are unvaccinated against that particular virus. Now, many people are on statins for cholesterol reduction and there is some information about COVID and statins. There is. This is interesting. So, so there was evidence, going back a good few years, that statins might protect against infection, strangely. And of course, it's unusual because the, the, these drugs lower cholesterol. And as we know, high cholesterol is a risk factor for heart disease. So many people in their over, who are over 40 are on statins. And, and there was some evidence that it might you know, be beneficial during infections of various kinds. And lo and behold, had a study has shown... Uh, 25 separate studies were done looking at people on statins so it wasn't as if they gave them statins and tried to see if they got infected it was over over 140,000 people and are protected against death from covid and there was a 30% yeah. decrease in mortality if you're on a statin. Isn't that amazing? Now, again, this is what's called a retrospective study. It was, look, it was basically looking at people on statins and seeing their risk of COVID and so on. But over 25 separate studies consistently, they saw this decrease in risk of mortality from COVID. And it's consistent. We, we know statins have anti-inflammatory properties. They're not just blocking cholesterol, basically. They can also dampen down the inflammatory process. And of course, in, in COVID, it's inflammation in your lungs that really damages you, you know. So it could be this anti-inflammatory effect of statins are actually protective in people and it's, it's reasonably good news there are millions of evil on statins as you know and again it seems to be a beneficial thing you know in terms of protecting you from severe disease yeah. and death from COVID. But, but there's no point in starting it now just for the sake of covid you have to be kind of honest regularly yeah. they, that was what was nice about the study but they showed that so that there was only the people on chronic statin use were protected they sort of they sort of subgroups in there so ones who just started it they couldn't see a link there it was the ones on longer term use so it must be over time the statins is building up some kind of you know process in your body that protects you and, and one of them is copitavastatin it's one of the particular statins there was evidence it was directly antiviral that it might kill the virus as well so that's generating a huge amount of interest so some drugs sometimes have more than one target in our bodies you know yeah. and even though it stops cholesterol it might be something so maybe it's directly antiviral. Now, what's happening now, of course, is that's provoking a big trial, isn't it? You know, a proper controlled placebo trial, you see, just to see if this would hold up. And it'd be, it'd be great if statins did have an effect because they're, they're used so widely. Uh, are they cheap? They're very cheap, absolutely. Yeah, and so, so many people are on them. They, they, uh, they were expensive when they came out. But they, were, they were among the biggest selling drugs, actually, when they first came out. I think Merck was the first company to make them. But they're pretty cheap, yeah. And as I say, many, many people are on them anyway. Mm. I don't know if you saw that story about um, the EU looking into new possible side effects from mRNA COVID-19 shots. They were reporting skin rash, two kidney disorders being studied by the EMA. Um, did you see that one? I did. I did. Not, nothing to worry about. But this happens. In fact, nothing if, any, to worry about. if anything, you want to see that. They're monitoring everything very, very closely the whole time. These are new vaccines still, remember. And any report of an adverse event will be looked at closely by the EMA. And it looks as if there may be very rare events happening, you know, extreme, just like the uh, the clotting business in a sense. You know, so it's very good they're monitoring this. Just, just in case there might be an issue, they're looking very close. At the moment, I wouldn't be worried about that. Um, some of the questions coming in three of my family are all vaccinated but then they tested positive they're coming out of quarantine today should they get vaccinated again or is that it? 
No, I just, I mean, what happened there is that the vaccine takes at least two weeks to work, remember. So it looks as yep. if, sadly, they had the vaccine maybe in the second week post-vaccine, they picked up an infection, no disease developed. I bet the immune system worked a bit in those people, for instance, they probably saw some protection, you know. But then over time, the immune system just builds up and, and now they'll be protected. There's no need to worry in that particular case. Yeah. Uh, when you're being tested by PCR or antigen test, um, what's being picked up there, uh, Luke? Because, you know, people would be suspecting it's the vaccine that's causing it. It's, you know, whatever they're pumping into me is triggering the PCR or uh, the, the antigen test. But that's that's not the case. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, the, the vaccines do make the spike protein and, and some of the tests pick up spike, but they make tiny amounts of it. And, and the antigen, the antigen is a spike, actually. So you, you have such little spike in your body, the, that test wouldn't pick it up. You know, definitely be a negative and then the PCR test is t- detecting something a different part anyway you know so, so, so in other words the positive test isn't being caused by the vaccine uh, For Luke is it possible to get a neutralising antibody test to determine how well protected you are following vaccination it might give peace of mind to immunocompromised people who remain concerned that's from Brian in Dublin Yeah that's a good one it's, these are technically demanding tests to do you've got to take some blood from someone take the antibody and test it against the virus in the lab you see to see if it's neutralising the virus and we, our labs do that by the way experimentally and what you measure is the antibody stopping the virus penetrating a cell in culture you know so they're very elaborate tests. They can be done, but it's really only at the stage of, um, you know, experimental labs, I guess, would do it rather than routinely. You could uh, understand why immunocompromised people would be wondering, you know, how well is my immune system reacting yeah. to the vaccine? Am I getting what I need uh, to protect me? So I suppose it depends on, on how immunocompromised you are, whether it's worth going to all that trouble. Yeah, and you can assume antibodies, if you take any antibodies, some of them will be neutralising, because that's the way these antibodies work, you see. Yeah. They, they may devise a simple test for, for a, specifically for a neutralising antibody, but it's quite technically tricky to do at the moment. We were all told that herd immunity from COVID would kick in once over 70% of the population was fully vaccinated, which we have now achieved. Uh, can you ask, Luke, why this does not now appear to be the case? That's from Derek. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unlike, to be honest, it's unlikely we'll get to herd immunity anytime soon. And one reason is the, the Delta is infecting vaccinated people, you see. So, so let's say 20% of vaccinated people are actually picking up an infection and it's only in their noses, they've got minor symptoms. <laughs> that means it'll be there for quite a while. It'll be hard to eliminate them you know, until you get 100% of people vaccinated all the time. So, so it's a tricky one that they're going to be, I'll bet there'll be less talk on herd immunity watch because it's going to be much harder to achieve. The most important is just to get a high rate of protection from severe disease is what it's all about really now at this stage. What it means is the virus will become endemic. It'll be burning away, you know, for years to come, but hopefully won't be harming people because of our vaccinations. What about high Delta cases in Israel? This is from Catherine. It seems immunity from mRNA immunity is waning very quickly. Will there be a better vaccine on the horizon soon? Should we worry that within months we'll all be back in lockdown? Well, the data from Israel is really important. They're getting information a lot that that vaccinated people are becoming infected. That's where some of this data is coming from. But they're also showing less severe disease and death for the vaccinated group, which is great. In other words, what I said earlier, some of that data is coming from Israel. Now, 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 of course, the Israelis are saying, look, there are people getting infected who are vaccinated. Let's give a booster anyway to, to even lower that down a bit, you know, to try and get, get control of it, I guess. So the booster discussion is along those lines and the Israelis have started giving boosters. I don't, I mean, boosters will work, remember. So there's no, I mean, very unlikely we'll end up having another lockdown because boosters will actually protect people. And, and I, I suspect most countries will begin to introduce boosters. 
Um, I would like to ask Luke if a one and a half year old toddler who is still breastfeeding uh, and I was fully vaccinated, if the antibodies are passed down through the breast milk and how the protect how protected the child would be, therefore, from COVID. They are, yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about the immune system. In fact, in any infection uh, in a mother, it's like nature has built in immunity for the baby because the milk carries the antibodies from the mother and the milk then goes into the baby. And now the baby has antibodies, which is a great little feature of our immune system. Evolved over millions of years, I suspect that response because it makes sense, doesn't it? So, so absolutely, you, you'll have antibodies in the milk that will protect the baby. That, that seems to be the case. Eve in Dublin says, can you ask Luke why the winter vomiting bug is so prevalent this summer? The NHS issued a warning in July and it's now circulating, circulating around Dublin, uh, says Eve. Mm. Now, I haven't come across it myself. Touch wood, touch wood. Um, but I hadn't heard it. Had no, you I hadn't heard, heard that. That's, that's news to me, Pat, as well. Yeah, I wonder why that is. That, that, that's one that is transmitted on surfaces, for example. You know, and you'd wonder then, wouldn't you? Because are we we're supposed to be cleaning our surfaces, I suppose. But that's unusual. That might be a, a localised outbreak here and there. You never know. And as you may know, like it was quite common on cruise ships because it spreads. It's very infectious, that bug, you know, and it's picked up off dirty surfaces, basically. So maybe there's something going on in in a few areas, but I haven't seen any, any, um, any news of it being a huge problem. Okay, so what we have to still do then is wash the hands, be careful of uh, uh, things when you touch something that someone else may have touched, uh, sanitize your hands. Just stay doing the things that we were doing to prevent COVID and you just might not get the vomiting bug. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right, Luke, uh, thank you very much uh, for that. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin.